Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, or as Luthen would say it, Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> and I'm Jennifer Lambda. Lander. That's it. Lander. We are here to talk about Star Wars news. We're not here to talk about Andor. Oh, we have a lot of thoughts about Andor. Uh, we're going to talk about our experiences. Uh, Joseph and I were not at the premiere, but we did get screeners. Jennifer was at the premiere, but didn't get to watch it. 
Uh, but did watch it later on, and uh, we have our reviews and stuff coming uh, later this week when the episodes are released to the public. We'll be clear about that. No end or spoilers, but it's on our mind, especially Stone Skarsgård's voice. So <laughs> apologize if at any point today we all go under or audible because today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle. Rimbley 3 player. That's right. Forcing <laughs> <laughs> to recommends if I remember, or Joseph reminds me, well, I'm audiobook we think you should try out on us. Hi, everybody. Oh, I'm, this is a great mood. It's a Monday morning. I've got electrodes strapped to my back, so I feel alive. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but Star Wars Adventures, uh, premieres, red carpets, uh, smokehouse dinners, a lot went down the last week. Uh, Joseph, how are you doing? Um, really good. I think you should uh, explain electrodes first, though. Uh, <laughs> right. I think you should go first if you're willing to share uh, about sure. your electrodes. Yeah, I have a longstanding back injury I need to go take care of. I always put off because I'm a dumb, toxic male. But uh, I, uh, I have uh, I hurt my back in, in the gym on Saturday, so I, it, it hurts to stand. But at least mm. I make up for it by not being able to sit. And sleeping kills me. So um, I have one of those. Uh, my friend uh, Eric. Eric Bass from the band Shine Down. Uh, when we worked with him in GPA, he 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 heard me complain one day. He goes, "I got something for you." He went in his backpack and gave me this device. It's like a electrotherapy. You know, you can get them at mall kiosks. You just <laughs> strap these gooey pads to your back, and, and now I'm just shooting electrodes into my spine. Who knows if it's good? I feel good. <laughs> nice. That's great. I mean, this is that's some Star Wars stuff, right? This is closer yeah. we're getting is to a Bakta tank, his little mini yeah. uh, exactly. Palpatine shocks in your back. Yeah, I feel a little bit like Lobot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, this happens every now and then. You know, uh, you got to learn your lessons, kids. Uh, be careful bending over and doing weights. All right, just be careful. <laughs> protect your back. Protect your back. One false move in your heart, which is uh, important till now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's the start of my adventures. Uh, spent some other adventures uh, talking about Star Wars, thinking about Star Wars. We on Wednesday night, we being uh, Joseph and I, uh, got to uh, hang out with uh, Alex and Molly Damon and all the uh, Diaz of Octo Radio. Uh, they were in town for the Andor launch event at the El Capitan. Uh, we uh, uh, were there the night before hanging out. We went to the smokehouse. It was great. Uh, oh, man. Joseph and I were like proud uncles introducing the smokehouse, <laughs> three smokehouse rookies. It was a great time. <laughs> yeah, they have this great, uh, you know, cheese bread, cheese toast that they claim is, is the world's greatest. And, and it's one of the few times I've seen the world's greatest. Like, I agree. So it's uh, always fun uh, to watch people's first bite and see if they're like, nah, or yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. they were, yeah, it, it was a great night. It's a great restaurant and all great friends and uh, yeah. great to talk about Lady Gaga, Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. uh, utterly random things. It was a really, really fun night. Really fun indeed. And got us in that and or mood. Uh, I mean, I'm burst at the seams, ready to review deep dive discuss, but of course we're going to hold off. Uh, but yeah, that's been part of my uh, Star Wars weekend as well. Can't deny that. Uh, as well but uh yeah a lot of fun doing that and uh, um and, and and catching up on the comics and i always mm. when i finally get to my stack i always want to kind of provide little updates i still struggle with some of the storylines i'm not a huge fan of the bounty hunters line uh no disrespect to anyone involved in that one just not connecting with me which is fine afra is always one of my favorite characters that sometimes i still think uh, the stories uh just uh, are, are so wild but it's part of the fun i want to shout out that the han solo the the han and chewy uh, i think it's a five issue run um, I think it's uh, uh, an issue three now, whatever. I'm really enjoying that one. That one's working. 
uh, for me. Again, it's it's all about a personal perspective and what you connect with. Um, yeah, so I just want to shout that out. That's been a lot of fun, uh, kind of seeing Han, Chewie, and uh, some uh, important characters in Han's life uh, show up during this time. So uh, it's fun to just sit down on a couch and flip through the old comical booklets, as Mr. Burns would say. <laughs> and enjoy some Star Wars. So. <laughs> oh, go. that's great. Just that you. That's great. Yeah, no, uh, Smokehouse was a wonderful life in Star Wars Adventure. Uh, yeah, watching the the screener of Andor, we will talk about in more detail. But the, I, when I was kind of coming up with what, what what were my Star Wars adventures, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something huge. Oh, yeah, that new and exciting Star Wars show that was a really special experience. But uh, we will talk about it in detail when we review those first three episodes, once the whole world has had the opportunity uh, mm. to watch them. Um, yeah, the, another big thing that's been going on mentioned a couple times on the podcast my wife and I are kind of uh, cleaning reorganizing reimagining uh, our apartment um, a part of it is that we got all of our belongings here in Los Angeles uh, a bunch of them are in a storage space uh, close by uh, but we had a little bit of that when we first moved here of like who knows we'll probably move a lot so we'll just kind of put things <laughs> somewhere yeah. for now and that was eight years ago <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my action figure uh, uh, obsession uh, grew and the pandemic happened. And, you know, it's one of those things that uh, reminds me of the, the great lessons of Star Wars can be found in really mundane, everyday things. Mm. Um, I realized that I was kind of uh, afraid <laughs> mm. of cleaning uh, partially from that, oh, man, that pile has got a bunch of stuff that I don't know where it goes or how to deal with. It's kind of stressful. There's some, like, piles of paper. Like, I'm pretty sure I lost that important thing, and I don't want to find out. Like, and then just, like, the fear of change of just, like, that pile in that corner has been that way for five years. <laughs> I, <laughs> yep. I want it to be gone, but also change. Um, and it's, it's just felt really good. I just, I think, just various things in life have happened where I really want to be in a place of pushing past fear, letting go, evolving. And it's been really fun to physically do that in the space. In in a big thing that's happening with that is uh, action figures. Instead of like piling up and up and up and up and me going, this is untenable. How is this going to end? <laughs> uh, saying, creating uh new storage systems and new display systems so like now the, a lot of the action figures are like up on a shelf like i'm an adult <laughs> instead of <laughs> just an action figure uh jawa just collecting them all uh so last night i set up my obi-wan kenobi shelf and then i set up a women of the galaxy <laughs> action wow. figure shelf and right now it's uh reva uh leia uh fennec shand and ahsoka and i've got it all set up so i can easily rotate so I'm very, very excited about the Star Wars adventure I've gone on, uh, both from the like um, deeper bringing the lessons of Star Wars into your day to day life. And also like I can look at my action figures more. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Those five year piles just taunting you in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's my big uh, life in Star Wars adventure. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Uh, Jen, one of the reasons you couldn't join us at the Smokehouse is you were prepping for a very awesome job, red carpet experience, a lot going on. Uh, take us through your Star Wars adventures. It was very exciting. Uh, I got to go to the red carpet premiere of Andor. Um, I was, uh, well, the video will be out, I think, probably the day after this episode airs. So I will share um, with Disney Plus um, mm -hmm. on their YouTube channel. 
And I didn't really know what to expect. It's been a long time since I've been to a, a red carpet and working. And so I'm on the red carpet and you, you're seeing the talent go by. Um, and it was kind of earlier. And I started seeing some like influencers and some actors. And then I saw this couple walk by and I'm like, oh, they're so cool. They must be like influencers or maybe they're even like actors who are acting on a Disney show. And then I looked again and I went, that's Molly and Alex. <laughs> I kid you not. I was like, I really, for, I was like, wait, do I, should I, should we interview them? Like, are we going to have to pull them? And, and then I realized it was them. And as I was realizing that, and then something happened and I looked and they were gone. Um, so I didn't even get to say hi to them, but it was a really funny moment. You know, you have those moments where you're like, wait, I actually, I know that person. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was, that was cool, but it was, it was a fantastic, fantastic event. There was so much excitement. Um, there were a lot of fans there, people that were cosplaying. I saw a ton of Jen Ursos. Uh, Mm. there were some troopers. It was just uh, B2 emo was there hanging out. Um, (laughs) It was really, really exciting. I won't share who I interviewed. You'll have to watch the video to find out. That's Love all that. I'll say. Yeah, the video will be out, I think, Wednesday the 21st, I believe. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, look, I, I, look, I saw the Instagram photos. You know, Molly's always wonderful, fashionable. Uh, she's uh, dark gray in, incarnate. We know this. But, but Alex, he had it turned up to 11. <laughs> that Lando shirt, tinted shades. Yes. He, he reached a new level of superstardom right there. I, he I really did. Yes. They were like, they were had this like this vibe about them as they're walking mm-hmm. the red carpet. And I I love it. Cause I, I mean it's it's intimidating. You know, you have all these press people and all these cameras and, and all that. And they they were just, you know, having a great yeah. time. I love it. That's great. You gotta, you know, I'm not good at that, but someone asked me at this last celebration, like, yeah, I'm starting to get recognized at my my podcast. Uh, how do you deal with that? You know, and I said, you just act like everyone's always watching you. Just mm. when you're waiting in line for a hot dog or going to get a snack, <laughs> just pretend everyone's staring at you. Uh, which is, uh, Alex and Wally seem to have that down. They looked great. It was a lot of fun to see them do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of great swagger uh, and fun from them. And that that uh, Mothma-inspired dress that Molly had, man, that was amazing. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Well, Jen, yeah, I know you can't share much uh, and we all can't share much from what we've watched yet. Um, uh, At least we don't want to. We should say we do hold to number one, hold to embargoes, but two, also the embargo is up. We could give some content, but we just want to make sure everyone has a chance to take it in. But uh, you had a great time. So always fun to see uh, see you you working and a a good a good person getting good opportunities always always makes us happy. Thank Mm -hmm. you. All right. Well, we're going to dive into some Star Wars news. And I, I did this thing. I, I, I sat down. I always like Sunday morning um, coffee, you know, sweatpants still on. Let me get the Star Wars news. And I was like, man, not a lot this week. I could just not a lot this week. A lot of it Andor. And then I was about to email both of you and go, I just don't know if there's any stories when I realized, oh, I forgot this big one. <laughs> um, Rogue Squadron is officially put in parentheses pulled from the Disney release schedule. Reading uh, from Variety, trying to go to trusted trades on this one here. It was revealed this week that Rogue Squadron, and this is not a scoop, this is straight up news. It was revealed this week that Rogue Squadron, the Star Wars film from Patty Jenkins with Matthew Robinson writing, has been pulled from the previously announced release date of December 22nd, 2023. 
There was no word other than that. No new release date. No word that the movie has been shelved. No confirmation that the movie is still happening. It's just removed from the schedule. So this leaves a wide open space for irresponsible <laughs> speculation. A lot of it out there. Understandably, uh, it is big news. It, uh, a Star Wars movie uh, being moved or pulled. And this is kind of the second time with Rogue Squadron, uh, though that might have uh, had a lot more to do with COVID and, and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff here. But this is uh, this is big. Uh, no denying that. Uh, so we're going to start just simply. What is our reaction to the facts that has been removed from the schedule, Jennifer? I was very disappointed. And actually, at first, I thought, no, this this can't be. Um, sorry, I'm in the trash compactor again. Uh, so, <laughs> Because I love Patty Jenkins as a director, and I loved her connection to the story that she shared in that teaser mm-hmm. way back when. I mean, that was a big deal to put that out and have her talk about it and announce it. So I was very surprised. I was very disappointed. Um, and there was no other fanfare other than it was just quietly removed, right? So that also to me is is very telling. <laughs> Oh my mm. gosh. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm so loud. <laughs> the dinoga is coming. I can feel it. <laughs> all good. All good. All good. All good. Yeah. Disappointment, I think, is a is a fair. It's, that's a fair word. That's a fair word. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you, Jen. I connect. Uh, sometimes I think we're so removed from that uh, long ago Investor's Day with that great video package from Patty Jenkins. It got me emotional. I, I think sometimes you're so we're so removed from that where this just becomes this not a piece of content. Like I think that's what a movie is, but just like I've, I've, I've been removed from the emotions where I look at this news story almost like intellectually, like, Oh, it'll make sense. And it is that. And, and um, I don't want to move too far from how I felt and how I do want to see this movie or do want to see what she comes up with. So uh, Joseph, your reaction to, uh, to the facts, just the facts, man. Yeah, no, I think I just had a different emotional reaction because uh, I have already processed uh, the disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. um I think that, you know, there's been a couple things for me of like, in my own mind, I was feeling like if they don't announce the beginning of filming Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even some casting, if they don't announce anything at D23, the window is really closing for a film to hit that release date in Mm -hmm. December of next year. Um, You know, I I think the the Variety article says it pretty well. It's this quote of the announcement is more or less pro forma as the window for Rogue Squadron to start filming in time to complete the movie by next December has very nearly closed. I think that's a very, very generous assessment uh, from Variety uh, myself. So I I have some more thoughts about the actual film, its future, excitement for it, disappointment that it's not coming out, you know, yet confusion about whether it will, all that stuff. But I think in terms of this actual just reaction to the facts that you're asking, Ken, Mm -hmm. I was strangely happy to have the clarification, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, Mm -hmm. if that date has been pulled, it's not, oh, Rogue Squadron isn't coming out. It's no Star Wars movie is coming out in December 2023. So most likely no Star Wars movie coming out until at least 2024, which, you know, while I have complex feelings about that, it does just kind of, it's instructive about, (laughs) I feel like I have my marching orders as a fan of like, don't be too concerned about the movies. They're not going to be here for a little while. Hmm. Focus all your time and energy on the shows. And when you think about the window of of until when the next movie is, we got Andor coming out right now. We got a a new season of Mandalorian. We got a new season of Bad Batch. We have Acolyte. We have Ahsoka. We have Skeleton Crew. You know, we have Tales of the Jedi. We actually do, in the span of, you know, the next two and a half years, have a lot to focus on. 
And I think I'd like uh, the space to accept that's not going to be a movie. That's going to be Disney Plus. Yep. No, uh, actually, really well said on that. I think there's uh, there's something to be said about g- give it to me, Doc. What's the bad news, Doc? All right. <laughs> All right. Exactly. And, and, yeah. And even coming out of D23, I think you made that excellent point, Joseph, of uh, no news was news at D23 for this kind of stuff. And and um, no, I, I like the way you're looking at it. And, and, and Jen, it's not just about, uh, you know, Joseph bringing up some great points about the show. It's not just simply a distraction. It's just kind of where the where the ball is right now. Mm-hmm. And yes, we want to get back to the theater, but. Yeah, there, we'll be distracted, I think, till 2024. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so much. I mean, it's not like <laughs> we have books, we have animated series, we have live action, and there's just a lot of hashtag content coming down <laughs> that we can consume. Your page, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. TikTok, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you feel, Ken? What was your just like gut punch emotional reaction? Did you feel like... Uh, Oh, there, there it is. It's confirmed. I can focus on other things. Or was it a bummer to be, have it confirmed that there is no Star Wars movie next year? Yeah. Three, uh, three fronts, three fronts of the war, the news wars. Um, a little bit of a, yeah, duh type mm. of like, uh-huh. uh, no surprises there. I never thought there was a secret movie being filmed and da, 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 da. so cool. And kind of, that's more the aggressive version of your, thank you for the information doc. <laughs> it was like, Yeah. Uh, two, yeah, going back to disappointment, I, 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 I'm enjoying, um, you know, uh, what we're getting. Um, I do believe Star Wars belongs in theaters as well, in addition to what we're getting. So I was, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. There's just such great hype around the films. Uh, and, and, and going back to what we were talking about, the, the Patty Jenkins pitch for it, that video. I have not mm-hmm. seen Top Gun Maverick or the original Top Gun, as a lot of people know. Open mouth kissing. Mom wouldn't let me. Still haven't seen it. Uh, so, um, it's, you know, I got I to follow the rules here. Um, so, I, you know, I, I wanted to see a little bit of a Star Wars version of that. You know, uh, Alex David made a great video comparing uh, Maverick to the Star Wars stuff. And so I was excited. about. It. So there's a little disappointment. But uh, I always have to admit, I think we we touch on this stuff a lot with Force Center. Just sometimes, and I, I think... A lot of, at least I think a lot of our listeners share this. I just want to be honest with it. Sometimes you get this news, you go, yeah, okay, cool. All right, Mm -hmm. 2024. And then you just kind of brace for impact on the discourse around it. Mm -hmm. And I think at a little bit of, uh, uh, here come the articles, right? Here come the red eyes on Kathleen Kennedy. Here comes all this stuff where just like that, I almost want to say, get a movie out so we can shut up about that. But really, I want them to get it right. I want them to do what's right. And I think this is on that path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that does open, uh, like I said, this up to a lot of speculation. So we can, uh, you know, speculate as to why uh, and maybe when this movie will show up or uh, the other movies there. Jen, you have any thoughts, hopes, uh, scandalous scoops you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> no scoops, just speculating responsibly. And mm-hmm. I think it could still happen with another director down the road. I think only because I have a feeling it could be related to creative differences, which, you mm-hmm. know, that sounds silly, but it's true. I, I really do think that it's working within Star Wars, the Star Wars framework. It requires a lot, a lot of collaboration, mm-hmm consideration of canon lore it's it's just it's different and if you're not open to that process i can see why there might be tension we're just like i don't have the time to dedicate 
to this. Like what, remember what Kathleen Kennedy was saying a while back where she's like, Mm -hmm. I need a filmmaker to commit three years or whatever to this. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a big ask, especially for an in-demand director like Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that people want this story. I think that that we're going to get the story. I think if it's going to be theatrically released, it's going to be 2025 because mm-hmm. the 2024 slate is really, really packed with Disney stuff. I mean, they have, what is it? Snow White, the Lion King or Inside Out. I, could, I couldn't even keep track. There were so many, um, but never say never, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that there, it's going to be a while before we get a Star Wars movie <laughs> in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Solely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's we're going to be waiting for tickets outside Grauman's for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and and not drawn on anything uh, concrete, but uh, you know this kind of just scheduling is is always a good reason, and it's a it, it's a it's a weirdly honest thing in this 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 town this mm-hmm. town you know this town we're in. Uh, you know, this happens, uh, and a lot of directors, especially when you're hot, when you're coming off a big movie and this is your time to strike, you're going to get a lot more opportunities. I think Patty Jenkins hit that. And then sometimes, uh, yeah, you might take on some things. You might have to come to those tough realizations of, I just can't get to this right now, or, uh, this isn't working. And there's the creative differences side, which we're not saying there's anything, um, actually out there that would point to this, but, uh, I wonder about that too. That's, this is just a straight up wonder of, of, you know, uh, it's, one thing you can be different as Star Wars goes a lot of different directions, but you, the, the core things you have to not ha- have to use a strong word, but you have to keep in line with that stuff to me. That's what that's maybe it's just a personal opinion. Joseph. you have to keep in line, not just to George's words, but what the mission statement of Star Wars is. And who knows, uh, who knows, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, fly persons in space uh, could, uh, that you could be pushed off the center of Star Wars possibly if, if you don't approach it right. Yeah, there might be open mouth kissing. We can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. Can't have that. My mom and not. That is a joke, everybody. That's a joke. Um, yeah, what I, I, I mom. <laughs> a joke that deeply affected your life. Think of the different path, the sliding doors. If you had seen open mouth kissing and <laughs> Top Gun at a young age, how your life might have been different, Ken. Well, what was funny is I think there's open mouth kissing in Yentl, and we watched that movie thirty times. <laughs> oh. VHS. My mom, my mom's a big Streisand fan, so you know, Ooh. Papa, can you hear me? I heard that song a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh that's very funny. It's very funny. Um, uh, getting back to Star Wars, uh, which I almost don't want to. Um, I, I really agree with both of you. I, I want. I was par- paraphrasing in my mind that big Vanity Fair article that came out this May. That is a big article, but then it had. Uh, the little sub articles. And there was one that was a mm. Q&A directly with Kathleen Kennedy. And I think some of the uh, back and forth about what exactly is being said about the movie Solo and about recasting really mm-hmm. drew so much focus um, that I don't know if people paid as much attention to this quote. Uh, so I just wanted to, to read it real quick. Uh, uh, Anthony Bresnikin is asking about what are the plans for Star Wars movies. And Kathleen Kennedy responds, we have a roadmap. I would say that Taika's story fits more specifically into that. Rogue Squadron, we kind of pushed off to the side for the moment. Mm. Patty is developing the script further. Then we will Mm. talk about how that connects to the central spine that we're working on. There's a couple of filmmakers that we've been in conversation with over quite a long period of time that I'm hoping will come in and make the overall commitment that John and Dave have made. That's ideally what I would love to see happen in the feature space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that really supports what what both of you are saying. One, I think there's this plan 
to say, okay, we're not necessarily announcing a trilogy, but we do want to have an idea of how these movies connect, how they could connect, you know, what that central spine might be, if it's thematic, if it's following a different group of people over time, if it's set in a specific era, if it's set in a specific geographic region of the galaxy, whatever it is, right, that there is a desire to have, like, we're not just going to say, here's one movie, here's another movie, we're going to create the possibility that they could kind of grow together, right? Wow, that makes sense, like Marvel. Uh, yep, like Marvel, to be like, hey, we put this one out, and it it kind of involves the, maybe a, one character appears, but it, if that movie doesn't sing, then we don't have to do three more. But if it does, we can, hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense to me. So I think in this quote, her just directly saying, we've already put that on, on off to the side for a moment. Hmm. I feel like for a long time for me, the question wasn't, is Rogue Squadron going to come out in 2023? It was, is Taika Waititi's movie going to come out in 2023? Yeah. And right. now the answer to both of those things seem to be no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for like the speculation about why, I mean, I don't think there's creative differences can get thrown around as a cover story. Mm-hmm. It can get yeah. thrown around as a critique of the process. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with it. I think that mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins has worked a, a very long, hard, hard time in this industry, had great success uh, a couple of times, uh, but in particular enjoyed a lot of freedom, as I understand it, on Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Um, so then coming into a process like Star Wars, where you have what Kathleen Kennedy also talked about the, in this um, interview of uh, we have sort of thematic guardrails about this is what Star Wars means. This mm-hmm. is what we want to convey. These are kind of the, the suite of, uh, you know, important ideas within those guardrails. You know, please be as creative and as personal as possible. And some creators are like, great, I yeah. can do that. I want to do that. And other creators are like, no, I don't. I don't want guardrails of any mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. That by itself is a challenge. But maybe even the film could have gotten to a place where everybody's starting to feel pretty good about it. But then this central spine idea comes up, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe Patty Jenkins isn't interested in making sure that Rogue Squadron kind of has an interlocking piece with whatever Taika Waititi is doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot, and I don't. I don't see it as a criticism of either side to have them try. And go, we don't want to do this kind of collaboration. Thanks. We tried. It didn't work out for us. Okay. Because I just, there are lots of different ways to be creative. And I love creators like Favreau who can be Mm -hmm. really creative or Tony Gilroy who can be really creative and express themselves uh, within the framework. And then I love people like David Lynch who would never touch Star Wars or Marvel because he is going to do what he is going to do, period. I don't think either is wrong personally. It's just different creators. Right. No, I think it's a great, great way to focus on that creative differences uh, phrase. Yeah, you're you're right. It is. Uh, I, I think every creative project probably has differences, right? That's, it's, it's always amazing. Any film or TV show gets made, uh, and I think that's a good thing. But also, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Um, I wouldn't want that spawn into a negative on Patty Jenkins because we don't know the details. It could be uh, going well, but that's a great quote you, you pulled going back from the Brez there. Uh, you get a podcast reach research gold star on that one. Uh, Cause I think the answer was, uh, yeah, the answer, my friend was blown in the wind. It was right there. That's right there. Um, yeah. And, 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 and we've gone on this discussion the, the creative guardrails thing. I've seen so, just misinterpreted so many times out there by folks. 
Uh, it's just uh, Star Wars has a point of view is the way I look at it. Star Wars mm. has a point of view. And if you look at Darth Vader in the hallway and go badass and you stop there, and I'm not saying Batty Jenkins does, I'm not saying Colin Trevorrow does or anyone else, but if you stop there, as we see a lot of fans do, quite frankly, that's that's not the, the point of view Star Wars has. Um, and if you're putting that in your story or you're approaching it in a different way, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that you could take it and it be uh, wrong for Star Wars, but right for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jen, uh, how many times have you fought with the studio heads? <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting because we are in a very weird state uh, in the entertainment industry. I, I think people forget sometimes we just came off of a pandemic. Like a lot of things were not getting made. A lot of things were bombing at the box office because nobody was going to the movie theaters, right? And I go back to what Bob Chapek said, which was, you know, Encanto only became a hit. It did not do that well in the theaters. It became a hit when it started streaming on Mm -hmm. Disney+. Plus. But we have to ask ourselves a question. If it had never been in theaters and only was released on Disney+, Plus, would it have been as big of a hit? And Mm -hmm. that's what I don't know. Because I know I wanted to see Encanto. They had the huge marketing for the theatrical Mm -hmm. release. And I was bummed that we could, you know, during the pandemic, we were not going to go to the movie theaters with my kids. So I was, and a lot of people were anxiously awaiting it to hit Disney Plus. And so when it did, and then you get word of mouth and all that stuff, and everyone's at home, everyone's going to watch it. Well, now things are starting to pick back up. People are starting to go to the movies again. And people are now trying to, studio heads are trying to figure out, well, what are what is going to make sense to make a movie? Like the whole framework that Marvel has has done has really worked well. Very connected if you've, you know, it's, it makes it so that you can release two of two movies a year because it's all kind of like a cohesive story. And I think Star Wars is going to try and do something similar because that, if they're going to, you know, target the theatrical releases, that makes sense. Um, people are going to want to go to the movie theaters, but I think we may actually get a Star Wars movie on Disney plus mm. solely. I think mm-hmm. we could get that in 2024. Uh, not 2023, but certainly 2024. And that will be very interesting because Star Wars has had huge success on Disney+. Plus. Um, so why not, right? Yeah. Uh, it can it can buy a little bit of time while they're working on that overall framework for the for the uh, movie theater stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a different type of story. So I don't know. I I'm everything is up in the air, and I'm just so fascinated because this is like everything is constantly changing and evolving and movies as we've known it are now totally different. W- what's going to happen? How is this, how is, how is streaming going to change our, yeah. you know, entertainment industry? It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Even some of the conversations around box office and everything just seem antiquated at this right. point. Like it, it's just, we're, we're in new territory. And I always have a friend who, who years ago reminded me we're working in digital media. He's like, we are like five to 10 years into this. T- television has like 70 years of how, mm. to, how this goes on. We, we're figuring this out. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's interesting. My final wrap of question was going to be kind of where are we now with the state of Star Wars movies? I think we've all kind of touched upon it there. But carrying off what you said, uh, Jen, and, and I'll pitch this to you, Joseph, here. Uh, uh, first is this idea of um, a, Star, a Disney plus Star Wars movie. And then you hear, I think it was Pedro Pascal on the red carpet. Last week, I saw some quote of, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa wants to do a Mandalorian movie. Like, I think we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Would, and, and to me, I thought, oh, the big screen. But uh, what, what would you need to do that? Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be great to see it on the big screen. But uh, that'd be a great transition 
to a Disney Plus movie, unless I'm off base, Joseph. No, I, I think that might be uh, the, a, a way to go, a really, really good way to go. Because I think, I, I so agree with Jennifer, the industry is in chaos, certainly mm-hmm. um, with streaming. Uh, the then then the window between something being exclusive in the theaters to being on streaming from my perception like I, I still go to the MCU movies in the theater because they're like an event and I often mm-hmm. go with specific friends and I, I like seeing them in on the big screen but then I have other friends who are just like yeah no I'll wait two three months or whatever it's not that long and then it'll be on streaming so there's that that uh you know calculus going on too and then I think the industry has gotten to the point with movies where, you know, a Star Wars movie needs to make so much money Mm -hmm. um, to be considered a success. And now I feel like in order for people to feel like, well, it's worth being on the big screen, it has to be huge, right? Uh, uh, In, in scope, probably huge in cost. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think of Kathleen Kennedy's quote too. I, I think that was also in Vanity Fair of like, um, you know, looking back, the, the, this used to be a little bit more, uh, I'm paraphrasing now, I didn't look this quote up, you know, <laughs> looking back on her like early days with Lucas and Spielberg of like, we used to kind of just experiment and take bigger risks and it didn't used to be this stressful from a sort of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. business financial, like, and, and I can see that, like, that's why they can't just declare a trilogy, right? Because if the first one, uh, <laughs> you know, only makes a couple hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll, it is risking being considered a failure. So there's, I think there's this confusion, honestly, even in audiences of what do we want in a theater setting? Mm-hmm. What do we think is worth going to the theater? What do we think is the appropriate kind of story to see in a theater? So honestly, almost going back to this, uh, this, I can't believe I'm getting to see Star Trek on the big screen. I can't believe Mm. I'm getting to see X-Files on the big screen, right? You know, Mm. that used to be a genre. Oh, Firefly got canceled, but we're going to finish it in a movie. Mm. Uh, Even the community joke, six seasons in a movie, that idea that you could love something at home and then it could explode onto the big screen as a sort of natural evolution. It'd be fascinating to go back to that. And yeah, I think seeing Mando and Grogu up on the big screen in a, you know, uh, massive adventure has some real appeal yeah yeah it really does especially i don't want to say if it's, it's the end of the show or the end of the series but if it all kind of all roads lead to that but or you could do you know the simpsons movie which i was tremendously excited for which uh, was like uh, not even halfway through the run of the show it did not end <laughs> anything a lot of ways to approach it uh jed uh, your thoughts on some of that stuff there carrying on uh, from your great point about the industry yeah it's interesting because also people would take more risks because they would get their money back in like DVD sales or way back when VHS. Now that's been taken away. So people are even more afraid to lose a lot of money because they know that that's it. That's it. It's going to hit the streaming and, you know, streaming, you don't make a lot of money from streaming, uh, at least from the creator's standpoint. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting. I think of like Sex and City. They did Mm -hmm. a movie. Mm. Downton Abbey did a movie. I don't know if they did okay, right? But I do think that there could be something special about The Mandalorian because it is so cinematic. It mm. is. Uh, it would be great to see those characters and those landscapes on a big screen. So, I yeah, I think that that's a, a great idea. And if not, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just gonna happen there but maybe they'll have special screenings of it because i think it would be yeah. so beautiful to see 
that story on the big screen. It would feel like a real event. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I do miss that. I miss that about Star Wars. Mm. Just about my life. I haven't been to the movie theater in I don't know how long. Because <laughs> for us, you know, it's like, oh, I got to find a babysitter. And then yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I can't. We, what time are we going to go after the kids go to sleep? Well, then we're going to, I'm going to fall asleep. Like, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> so much more to consider. Um, yeah. Right. So you need a movie that's like, cannot be missed, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I wanted to go see Nope. That was a must-see for me. And then it just became too, the logistics were too difficult. And we couldn't mm-hmm. find a showtime that worked. We had a small window. And then it was just like, well, we could either go to dinner or we could go see this movie and rush there. And we're like, well, we never get to enjoy a nice dinner together. Let's We're just going to do that. And it's sad, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way that things are. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. I do enjoy yeah. watching movies in, in my comfy clothes on the couch with my my blankie and my labradoodle. There is nothing like it. I think that that is an, another big part of it of the movie experience on premiere nights is for me or or premiere weekends when it's kind of mm-hmm. packed and it's something that people are excited about. That's that's really fun because you get this communal experience in a way you can't quite get otherwise. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes I'll see something like, uh, OK, it's been out for two weeks and I can sneak away at a matinee because it's not a movie that Sarah's my wife is super excited about. Yeah. And then I'm in a the theater with 15 people and five of them are on their phones. And like, mm. and then at that point there is a like, well, maybe I would rather watch it at home if this right. is going to be the theatrical experience. So I think that's a challenge. Mm. Um, final mm. thought for me on it is uh, just kind of selfishly like, yeah, I can't wait for that big uh, communal experience. I have so many mm-hmm. happy memories of uh, seeing Star Wars movies, you know, multiple times in a weekend, seeing them with, uh, with both of you. Yeah. Um, I want that big. All right. Star Wars is back. Selfishly, I want that. But at the same time, I kind of feel like we're going to get that if we wait longer. Yeah. The longer we wait from all of the up and down of, you know, people who were mad at Last Jedi, people were mad at Rise of Skywalker, the solo box office talk, the longer that we wait, at this point, it's going to be five years or more since Mm -hmm. Rise of Skywalker. I think it's in the long run good to let that excitement build up and Mm -hmm. good to get back to the idea that seeing Star Wars in a theater is a treat that yes. does not come around every year you gotta yes. wait for it and i think it will be nice to get back to that excitement with some of the uh, uh upsetness a little bit in the rearview mirror <laughs> yeah i agree absolutely. with that i agree with that and it'll be interesting let's just say 2024 five six years we'll say from rise of skywalker right roundabout what if mm-hmm. you're uh in 2024 what if you're about nine or ten and your experience with Star Wars, you were too young for Isa Skywalker. It's only been on TV. And you get to say, wait, they're going to put Star Wars in the movie theater? Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, I can't that, believe they'll do that. That's amazing. I get to see Grogu that big? Wow. <laughs> they, they put Star Wars in, in movies before? Star Wars was a movie? Yeah. Oh, my oh gosh. My as my friend always says about Game of Thrones, they made a book about that show. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So, uh, awesome, awesome thoughts. Uh, all of it, our opinions, all of it for our point of views, perspectives, uh, both uh, in and around this uh, town, as we say, but also uh, just as fans. So take it all as you want. Uh, you probably out there have a lot of different thoughts as well. So uh, there you go. We are going to take a quick break. More news on the way. But before we do, I will remember. Let you know that we have a Center <laughs> recommends an audiobook we think you should try on uh, out on us, Joseph. 
Yeah, and we are still recommending Padawan by Kirsten White. It is a young Obi-Wan adventure. Again, I have read the first chapter. I can't wait to read the rest. Eventually, we'll discuss it in some format. So if you want to be all caught up with us, you can check out the audiobook. Check it out indeed. Check out that audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook. I can say it in my sleep, which is sometimes why I dream through it and forget we have to do it. That was last week. This is this week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some casting news to catch up on a This Week in Star Wars history, all here on Force Center. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Force Center. This is our news show, taking a look at breaking news from a long time ago or breaking news for a show in the future. We wanted to catch up on the Acolyte castings from official sources. Uh, we try to wait till Star Wars confirms things or more of the trade uh, uh uh, I was going to say trade papers, trade websites, I guess you'd say, uh, have some more of the official news. So we will say this. No official announcements have been made in, in these castings, but uh, they are solid. Uh, Deadline had the exclusive uh, over the last couple of days that Manny Yacento from The Good Place has joined the cast of The Acolytes. Follow trade reports of uh, Lee Jung-jai and uh, Jody Turner-Smith uh, joining the uh, already officially confirmed Amanda Stenberg. Uh, these uh, these reports, uh, they just kept pouring on out. It was great. It was kind of fun. There's, and there's some thoughts out there. But what about the Acolyte? Should we be concerned about the Acolyte? Uh, they're casting. They're uh, shooting. They're having fun. There's no concern here. But what do we think about these reports, Joseph? Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled by these announcements, and yeah, I'm I'm hungry for more uh, acolyte news. I know that was one thing that people talked about at D23, but I feel like the casting news is the news. You know, there isn't a, a teaser trailer because they don't have a cast yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm really, really thrilled um, by the this casting news. These, this is just such an interesting uh, and, and diverse in every sense of the word group of people. Um, I feel like. It is a little bit taking a page from the Mandoverse tactic of hiring actors that you know from other places who have like one or two distinctive roles. That is the main thing that people think of or they're kind of from other world worlds, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, not literal space worlds, but like Bill Burr from, you know, yeah. the comedy store world. Um, <laughs> and a, a lot of the the kind of fun uh, stunt casting that has been happening in the Mandoverse, not all of it, but a lot of it is this fun, like, uh, did you ever think you'd see this kind of grizzled middle-aged person <laughs> in Star Wars? Here you go, from Werner Herzog to Bill Burr, go crazy, right? Um, and the people who are being cast here are, are lots of different ages, but for um, our culture, they're fresh faces, right? They're exciting people who have only been on the scene uh, for a couple years at most, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, uh, uh, I, I don't know Jody Turner Smith's work, uh, but, uh, Manny Jacinto, uh, he, he's amazing on the good place. I love the good place. Um, but mm-hmm. he in particular, uh, without any spoilers, um, he, he's well-written, but his archetype is the not smart guy, just classic comedy the the one in the team who just misunderstands everything not smart right at all mm. um and he took that archetype in in the great writing but from an actually perspective he made that kind of ancient comedy archetype entirely fresh entirely unique and really really heartfelt like you you really felt <laughs> the trauma of being this guy who who was not the sharpest of the team. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. I, I also know he was in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. My wife told me there's open mouth kissing in it, so I haven't <laughs> seen Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Avoid. Avoid <laughs> uh, George Sid. I truly haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. Uh, so, uh, it, But he's in that as well. Um, and then uh, Lee Jung Jae uh, uh, from mm-hmm. Squid Game. Um, I, I watched Squid Game, was really amazed by that, it, its whole uh, long story. Um, but he is also amazing. And what, what is um, really intriguing to me about his performance in Squid Game is he, he plays 
many emotions in this terrible situation. He, you see him from absolute terror to absolute fury uh, to mm-hmm. absolute heartbreak. But then the amazing thing about it is he's still very funny. There's still this element, this very kind of old element of um, comedy is a person in trouble. And he's in this horrific situation and, and it is horrific, but he makes m- many moments funny of just like, mm-hmm. here's this kind of day-to-day guy stuck in this, absurdly horrible situation and he makes it real but he makes it funny too so both of these actors that i am aware of being able to to play a vast number of emotions with great heart but also great sly comedy Mm. and that is what uh has been in in uh leslie headland's work before makes me really excited for the possibility of a dark side show that deals with the dark side but has an element of like wry, ironic humor. Mm. That's a great point too. Uh, uh, well, I'm not super familiar with Russian Doll other than uh, seeing some parts of it there. Uh, loved uh, that rom-com she put out uh, with Sleeping With Other People. I actually really like that. Jason Stake is uh, Alison Brie. Um, yeah, so, you know, she could be writing something totally different, but some of the casting clues you're, you're bringing to the table here, Joseph, are great about uh both the, what the show could be. I'm, and, and, and I'm not, you know, this, this is kind of how it works sometimes. You know, I, I spent all my time in the Star Wars world, uh, maybe Game of Thrones world as well. And so it's a lot of these actors, this is how I will learn them. And I think that's <laughs> the case for a lot of folks. And it's, uh, I think that's a fun journey. Uh, yeah, uh, Lee Jung Jae, I, I, I did not uh, watch Squid Game. I was busy reading Star Wars. I, <laughs> it's how I, for, uh, I didn't watch The Good Place. Um, I just watched Cheers again on Netflix. Like that, that, that's the way kind of my life is. So I, I get excited for me. This that that angle of uh, okay, who are these folks? Let me go discover them because that's also how I discovered uh, you know Peter Cushing and Christopher <laughs> Lee. Like that's kind of how it works. So, Judd, your thoughts on these reports? It's funny because uh, when this one came out with Manny Jacinto, I thought, oh, there's a lot of people they've announced. And I looked and I said, oh, it's actually only four. But for some (laughs) reason, it it felt like a lot more. Maybe there were some speculation things that I came across. I don't know. Uh, But and I am not too familiar with with these actors. I mean, I know Jodie Turner Smith. She is stunning her instagram oh my gosh she (laughs) oh she is just she wears these most gorgeous like outfits and dresses she's but she's also a fantastic upcoming actor um that people have been raving about so i'm excited that she is a part of this uh lee jung jay i saw squid game i loved it Mm. and i was shocked to learn that he's like a, a really cool star in korea like he's he's totally different than his character that he played on squid game like in squid game i was like oh he's maybe like this like character type actor no he's like a you know a heartthrob uh movie star kind of guy uh in in korea and so that's really exciting and then manny jacinto i don't know anything about the good place other than i've heard great things about it um and i know russian doll which i loved um very dark but very funny, but also very deep. So it's interesting to think about how all these players are going to come together and what what Leslie uh, Headland is is creating. I'm I'm so intrigued because there has not been too much. Like we've gotten these casting announcements, but not that much more about the story, um, which I think is fine. You know, Surpri- surprise us. Just l- let us know. But I'm sure that we'll start getting some leaks and whatnot of uh, set photos and things like that. But this cast is, is really 
fresh and and exciting and multicultural and that is um it's fantastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to get some thoughts of the acolyte this far out i was it's i call this the, the temperature check you know we've been excited <laughs> for leslie Hed- headland in star wars and then now we're getting a little bit more with the cast i think again both bringing great insights into the cast uh, but that's actually one place i think i think we have to uh, kind of start is uh you know this uh acolyte is uh is very clearly doing something doing something wonderful with the casting and that's going to put it in in um in, in, it's going to be in the target of some folks and i just mm-hmm. think that's going to have to be part of the you know be aware of that be part of the discussion and brace for impact and stand up for this kind of casting and stand up stand up for this kind of show uh no matter what it's going to be about just who's putting it together and who's going to be in it i think we're excited by that but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to use this as an opportunity to put, to put a lot of other things out there. And I just see it with this cast news. I'm excited. I'm almost like ready for the fight, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, more, okay. more of shutting that down. Yeah. Being aware of that. And hopefully they will follow up with the, you know, Lucasfilm with uh, mm-hmm. the way they handled uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Riva and just be ready to shut that down and just say no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's there. But uh, yeah, Joseph, your thoughts on just uh, this far out, your temperature chest test on Aculine. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it um, for a couple reasons. Uh, without saying anything about the actual content of Andor, I'm I'm really fascinated by it. I think that for the the Disney Plus shows that we've had so far, we've had like the Bad Batch, which is really uh, you know continuing the stylistic tradition of the Clone Wars, right? Um, we've had the Mandoverse, which kind of set its own style in its own flavor. Uh, then we had Obi-Wan Kenobi, which in some ways, you know, we've we've called like episode 3.5, right? It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a part of the Skywalker saga. I think Andor is the first dish in the Star Wars buffet that belongs on the buffet, but tastes real different, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I think we've been talking about this since the anthology films right since the star wars stories you know go back to the beginning at force and we're talking about when they're going to make a horror movie you know when they're going to make a you know western train heist movie yeah they threw that into so you know what i mean uh are they going to make a star wars rom-com and i think we're getting into that world with andor and i think Mm. acolyte is going to be another big this is a different flavor of Mm -hmm. story it's set in a different time. I think it's going to have some art horror elements. I think it's going to have some wry comedy elements. I think it's going to have some deep philosophy elements. So I'm, I'm really excited for it to just have um, a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of any specifics we know about, we know that it deals with the dark side in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Leslie Headland gave that great interview where she talked about really being inspired by sort of a globe trotting adventures where you draw one map from the other, but this is galaxy mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, trotting galaxy hopping. Um, and then we know it's called the acolyte. So I, the, this is just total wild speculation on my, my part, but like if this is a group of people who are seeking the dark side, right. Yeah. Uh, who, who want it because they think it will solve some problem for them. Right. Like a, a bunch of people who are kind of on a similar journey of say, uh, Asajj Ventress, right. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting to me because it's a, a place where, you know, with the television show and with multiple characters, you could really drill down into what are the temptations of the dark side, you know, in a way that, you know, the great stories of, of Anakin and, and Ben Solo don't quite have room to, to because they're, they're a part of this whole the tapestry. 
But mm-hmm. if you're just talking about a group of people who are like, hey, the, maybe the dark side will fix all my problems. Um, mm-hmm. That might be really intriguing. Mm. Oh, that's that's uh, that's great stuff. First of all, you, got, you know, in terms of the genres, I, I think we all keep looking at the acolyte as a uh, horror, horror thriller. It, it this looking at Leslie Headland's resume now, this could be the rom com. This could be the rom com. <laughs> <laughs> it's the acolyte. He's looking for love. Like, um, no, Jen, Jen, your thoughts there about what this uh, could be. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm now, you know, Andor, and I won't say anything other than Andor is uh, prepping, prepping people because we are stepping outside perhaps what we expect from Star Wars. And I think it's a wonderful thing. We, um, and I think the acolyte is going to continue to to do the same and kind of take us to new areas, not just maybe of the galaxy, but also story wise, genre wise. And I think I think people are are ready for that. Um, I am curious because we have these four actors that have been announced. Is this a core group? Are there going to be even more? And that actually is kind of thrilling because having seen Andor, and again, I won't say anything. I always wondered, how are they going to deal with having all these characters, right? How Are we going to really get to know these characters when you have so many? It is, after watching Andor, I can say, yes. It, mm-hmm. it If anything, it actually enriches the story, in my opinion. Getting to see all these different perspectives of how they are dealing with things in the galaxy, different communities. Um, I love that. It feels very big. Um, and I think that maybe the Acolyte might, do something similar. I am curious to see who else are they going to announce? Cause they've kind of been trickling mm. these out. Um, yeah. Who's, who's next? Who's next? <laughs> Which one of these is Darth Plagueis? It's the only question I have. That's what we need uh, to know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's great stuff, Jed. And, and Joseph, you got me thinking too of uh, just, you know, what am I, when I hear the accolade or I hear what's been described, which has been obviously very little uh, 50 years out of Phantom Manus uh, dealing with dark side, I love what I think I've had this kind of this, this from a distance view of dark temples, pondering a lot of machinations, dark cloaks. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, especially some of the stuff where you're talking about that, that Leslie's uh, cited, uh, you know, some of her legend stuff, the uh, globe trot adventure and the idea of, uh, you know, characters searching for darkness because they feel they need it. Or there's this great big thing, uh, theme going on in rings of power. Uh, four episodes in of it, yes, it's the story of light and dark, but often how it's hard to tell them apart, and how often dark reflects the light, and so you can kind of uh, that's part of the choice you have to make. So any kind of those themes of dealing with the dark side during this time, and how it can undercut or how it can pull you in, uh, there's something powerful there that could be there. But again, speculation. But you got me excited to kind of thinking of that uh, going around the galaxy looking for answers, and the answer is not the answer you need. That, that can be a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that be utterly fascinating and and it might you know deal with something with you know somebody who believes the sith are still out there and is looking Mm -hmm. you know for the sith master you know but it could also be there are other pockets uh, across the galaxy who are going to dabble in the dark side right so it could be something entirely unrelated to whatever sith is uh currently wearing the helmet (laughs) wearing the mantle wearing the mask yeah indeed uh, I'm excited for it. Still is, still, still is, still am. Uh, still is and still am. Still excited for the accolade. Uh, and to what you're saying, Jen, too, of, yeah, there's the, you know, Ahsoka's going to be more, you know, that Filoni verse, that type of uh, continuation Rebels, a, a classic, a, a new classic Star Wars, because Ahsoka's very much a new classic character to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go to a place that the Lando show comes to light. You know, that's going to be a classic character. Uh, this is, this has the ability to do something 
uh, special and be in its be its own thing. And and uh, you both making great points. So I'm excited. Love the casting news, and uh, we'll keep you updated, especially when everything gets a hundred percent confirmed. <laughs> That's right. All right. Before we uh, wrap up today's episode, we're going to uh, take a look at this week in Star Wars history. Looking ahead to Star Wars past. This one's kind of simple and direct. Looking ahead, September twenty fifth, nineteen fifty one. Mark. Hamill was born, making him mm. the big 7-0. Uh, Mark, obviously, has been the center of the Star Wars universe since the beginning. But what does it mean to us to grow up with Luke and Mark as Luke? Jennifer? Oh, my gosh. The thing that has always struck me about Mark Hamill is that he has always embraced being Luke. He And he was able to transition to becoming a successful voice actor. Um, but he's always seemed grateful and happy to be a part of star Wars. And even when there was a time where that was not considered cool, right? Like he was always like, no, I'm, I am, I, I am like Carrie used to always say, Carrie Fisher, I'm I'm an ambassador, right. For Mm -hmm. star Wars. Um, and to, oh my gosh, Luke's, I mean, I can't even describe what (laughs) Luke Skywalker, I loved him. He was like my first crush really. Um, and I just, identified with him and and I think people don't realize how great of an actor he was in the original trilogy like mm-hmm. I think that he he you know kind of not got panned because that's not true but just people just thought oh he was just you know being being himself or whatever mm-hmm. no like mm-hmm. he, he he made Yoda Yoda he yeah. acted with a puppet and his performance is what made Yoda seem real and it's just like and then we saw his acting skills in The Last Jedi and now the later part of his career where he's been taking on more challenging roles. Like he is an actor uh, and an actor with chops. And I'm just so I'm so happy that that he's it's his birthday. We need to celebrate <laughs> him every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. No, wonderful stuff. And and I echo what you're saying about um, I don't know. I think it might have been something, uh, you know, I was obviously this is when I was a lot younger. But, you know, growing up Return of the Jedi, he is. He's a little more stoic. He's a little more reserved. He's uh, trying to be a Jedi. He's he's a different version, and, and that can that can read as a little less um, I don't know dynamic or passionate than Han Solo running around shrugging and saving the galaxy, and Leia you know fight, fighting and you know saying I know you know I think I think I grew up with a different view of Mark Hamill's performer that I think I was very happy to rediscover his uh, skills both in the present and in the past. You're right, Empire. Just slays it and does slay it in Jedi. I, I absolutely think so. I think just the way it was played, it can get looked at a little differently. Um, and then just the, the you know the unfortunate comparisons. You know, Harrison goes on. You know, already was going on and goes become an actual bona fide movie star. And 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 Mark and, and even Carrie didn't become bona fide top of the line movie stars. They went and had wonderful careers in their own right. Always mm-hmm. did. Um, so it was fun to see him kind of you know 2015 after carrying the flame of Star Wars for so mm-hmm. long. Yes. Um, especially, you know, Grumpy Harrison stepping away from some of those fandoms at times. Uh, I love seeing him not rewarded because rewarded, uh, I don't know, it's an inter- interesting word, but, you know, just see, to see Mark Hamill back and see him get new opportunities where it just wasn't just a fun appearance in a Kevin Smith movie. Like he was getting more opportunities and continuing to build on his excellent voiceover career. So it's been fun in this modern era. Joseph, uh, you're a Luke guy. You're a Luke guy. <laughs> what do you think about growing up with Luke and Mark as Luke? Oh, I I feel so grateful to have grown up with Luke Skywalker and in particular Mark Hamill's performance. 
yeah, I, I used to tell friends, you know, uh, years and years ago before Four Center and podcasts of like, uh, I, I won't fight about nerd stuff. Like, if you tell me that Mark Hamill is a bad actor, uh, <laughs> I, I will I will bar fight you not with fists but with words like I, that was like my line in the sand of like yeah. he's phenomenal yes. right and and I think what is what is so phenomenal about his performance in the original trilogy is that it is a complete evolution from a young restless person who doesn't quite understand their journey that they're on but wants it so much wants to get out there and figure themselves out and then it has a chapter of just screwing everything up right and left <laughs> then finds themselves right it's mm-hmm. this kind of perfect arc to grow up with and he plays luke uh with very distinct characteristics you can you can point to this example of what's here's an intrinsic thing to luke skywalker this is how it mm-hmm. relates to his sister this is how it relates to his father this is the choice that luke made but mm-hmm. But it's also universal enough that you can so project yourself onto Luke's journey. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you ask Luke, people who Luke is in the original trilogy, you get stories about their life, right? About mm. the person's life, because that's mm. that's what this performance created, is this room to so relate to this character as he goes on this really recognizable journey from, you know, youthful enthusiasm and kindness the i care mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to the the bitter failings of empire to the understanding of jedi he, he just he yeah. plays that all so well and, and then for me when i got older and realized oh and mark hamill is also a giant nerd mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i i was right to relate to him right to, to figure find out that he's a guy's like oh yeah i was thrilled to go to san diego comic-con to advertise <laughs> star wars before anybody really cared about san diego comic-con right Mm -hmm. i like comic books and monster movies like uh, it's so great yeah uh i love it love hearing you talk about it and uh yeah carrying that flame um but the the follow-up here as we celebrate mark's 70th birthday is that what do we think it's like to grow up with older luke because this is the perspective (laughs) a lot of folks have this is the the old guy with the beard uh and then uh mark hamill being outspoken uh, whether it be social issues political issues or just outspoken uh you know better for better or worse about what he feels about the character or what he had to do as a performer to deliver what ryan wanted there's there's a lot of mark hamill out there for a younger generation uh joseph any thoughts on what it's like to grow up with old man luke on the island yeah no i mean i think it i think it's uh great to grow up with uh with mark hamill is is such a presence of kindness right who who mm-hmm. just always at the end of the day emphasizes how can star wars reach out to people how can i reach out to people um and even on you know this in this weird era of social media when he like he faves something that he doesn't realize was uh you know problematic he addresses yeah. it you know like he's he is a good guy you know yeah. Yeah. And, and i think that's uh beautiful to see and then his performance in the last jedi in particular uh also in the final seconds of <laughs> force awakens and rise yeah. of skywalker it's such a gift right it's a gift i never thought that i would give is get as something somebody my age to have gone on that youthful journey with Luke to mm-hmm. now when I'm middle-aged and kind of needing to relearn some of the things I learned when I was young to have Luke there to guide me through that again. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel every, every time the Oscars comes up, I'm like, they should, 
they should somebody should come out and say we've made an error here are the five oscars we should have given mark hamill for the last jedi um so i feel really strongly about it and then there is this sort of comedy perspective um i, I know our, our our friend alden at dinner was talking about talking to p- younger people who didn't have a relationship with Luke and thought of him as that guy who was kind of mean to Ray, <laughs> which cracks me up because I know, I know what he means to me. And then I also understand like that the, the uh, Luke Skywalker action figure from um, the last Jedi is one of my absolute favorite figures. I also understand why children didn't run out in droves to buy Luke Skywalker. Like now, Hey kids, do you want to take the emotional trauma and existential dread home today? Now you can, you know, like uh, there, to me, there's like a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. It's a different perspective. It's a different time. Uh, but yeah. for me, it was perfect. It's always a reminder. When you set, pulled, sat down that theater in 2015, a lot of different eyes from a lot of different generations. Some seen it all for the first time. Jen, you're, you probably have a little more experience with this uh, than Joseph and I do with some young Padawans in your house. They might look at Luke a little differently. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I can't imagine. Uh, he To them, they, he must seem like a grumpy, reluctant old man. <laughs> you know, um, but I will say we have the Lego octo set mm, with yeah. old man luke and the minifigure has been played with the girls mm. will sometimes bring them out <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes when they want to um but i think that actually mark hamill himself what i think has been great is that in these later years thanks to social media he's very accessible he's very connected with the fans and and chatty and he speaks his mind and he's actually that is how younger people are they're very like open and authentic and honest with sharing every thought that they have and he is the same way so he fits right in um and and I love that that he is so accessible to mm-hmm. to not just fans but to anybody you know and he will absolutely comment back on twitter um yeah which is, he's a megastar and yet he still takes time to do that and to share parts of his personal life, which I love as well. So yeah, he still continues to be a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. And and that represents a lot of Luke, right? He's, Mm -hmm. he, he understands he's a symbol. He's a symbol in a lot of ways and and he takes that seriously, but he's also true to himself. And and what I hope too, I I can't speak for uh, any younger generation, especially a youngster who's seven, eight, nine and interacting with old grumpy man, Luke, uh, I, I can only hope that it represents uh, this thing that's, uh, you know, Joseph and I and, and Jennifer always talk about the, the gener- generational uh, change that's big at Star Wars. But I like this idea, too, of this. I keep looking at generational exchange in mm. which uh, you, you got this this old Jedi that uh, Ray needs something from, but she makes changes in him while also learning valuable lessons in, w- from him as well, particularly stuff in The Rise of Skywalker. I really like that idea of uh, you were not throwing the past away you're learning from it but the past has to be uh, ready to grow and let the next generation lead and i see a lot of that in in mark hamill out there online he's very mm-hmm. involved he might make uh yeah you're right joseph occasionally uh you know there's been some stuff liking something maybe not fully vetting but he's just out there he's present and he represents he is a, he does not seem 70 uh and that's a, that number means a lot not more different things than it does back in the past, but um, Mm -hmm. he's very much, uh, he is old man Luke in all the good ways, I think out there. So yeah. Happy birthday, Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. Big seven. Any final thoughts, Joseph on that uh, or Jennifer? No, I, I, I I thank him for continuing to uh, inspire people uh, both uh, as himself and is Luke Skywalker. I think about uh, his, uh, 
His Rise of Skywalker quote, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Luke Skywalker's wise words help me every day. Mm. There you go. There you yeah. go. It never leaves us. All right. That is it. That's our week, uh, look at this week in Star Wars history. Our look at Star Wars news. Let's get on out of here. We are the Force Center Podcast feed. We can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod, on Instagram, YouTube as well. Live Q&A coming up here at the end of the month. So subscribe over on the YouTube channel. Uh, and when you subscribe, hit that notification bell and, uh, you know, you'll uh, learn when we're going live. But we'll let you know, too. Facebook pages, Four Center Podcasts. We're available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search or find us. We're merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. If information finally can confirm in New York City on October 6th and 7th at the New York Comedy Club in the East Village with Mark Ellis and some other special guests. Ticket information uh, on the website there. Looking forward to uh, getting on out to the East Coast there. Uh, one of, I've been trying, I've been forgetting to highlight charity organizations. Uh, Joseph's been doing a great job reminding me uh, to do it. Uh, I do want to highlight as often uh, as we often do the Trevor Project, which is a, a great nonprofit organization that focuses on suicide prevention efforts among uh, the queer community. Uh, please uh, consider donating by going to the trevorproject.org. Uh, Jennifer. Yes, that is that is a great, great organization. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, uh, TikTok at Jennifer what am I? Jennifer Landa, eleven thirty-eight. <laughs> Who am I? I didn't write it down. And see, look at what happens when I don't write it down. I'm just off the cuff today. Things are just flying off the cuff. Um, I'm going to be having Andor content coming soon. I cannot wait to dive into the series. Um, and also that Disney Plus YouTube segment about our Andor premiere will be mm. also out this week, and I will be sure to share that on my social media channels. Love that. Love that, Joseph. Take us home. Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still sharing a lot of my Star Wars action figures as they find new homes in my home. Hmm. Uh, you can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I uh, had put a call out the last couple episodes of Force Center uh, to get some help with my YouTube channel. I want to get it back to a monetization place because I got some fun uh, plans for that and uh, many four center listeners have been subscribing thank you so much for doing that uh if you are on youtube it would be great uh if you would be willing to sub subscribe and maybe watch some old comedy videos some uh, old uh, audio episodes of obsessed uh that are on youtube that would help me out tremendously thank you for everyone uh for helping so far it has made me uh feel uh really really uh, lucky so thank you very much for that. The uh, the thing that I would like to highlight is I want to continue to highlight a vote forward, particularly as we get very, very close to the midterms uh, with a, really a lot on the line. Vote Forward is an organization where you can write letters to voters. Uh, you can pick the state. You can sometimes pick the county and encourage people to use their power and vote by writing them a very short letter about personally why you vote. Uh, vote Forward has done research and they have uh, they have the statistics to back up that this actually does increase voter turnout. So it is making a real difference. If you're interested in looking at it more, their website is votefwd.org. Great stuff as always. Important time indeed. All right, that is it for this week. Our look at Star Wars news is complete. We'll see you next time here on Force Center.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.